Good morning, gorgeous. I hope you ladies are doing wonderful today. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm Dr. Daff, and today we are talking about the duality of femininity. This is a really interesting topic that I know you're going to love because it's something a little bit unique in terms of talking about some feminine traits that are really important, but not always discussed. So go ahead and sit back, relax, get your favorite pen (laughs) and your favorite notebook to write in, and let's talk about this. So when we talk about the idea of duality, meaning that there are two sides, duality means two, right? And when we're talking about femininity, we're usually contrasting it with masculinity. When we think of feminine traits, we think of leaning back, relaxing, not doing, just being, experiencing, right? And there's a sort of passivity that comes with femininity, which is why a lot of people tend to be very afraid to embrace their femininity. But I think the reason being is that many women don't understand how to exercise their feminine power, their feminine authority, in a way that'll help you to be seen, heard, and respected, right? So I want to talk a little bit about this. I don't want this to be too long because I tend to pack a lot of information into my content. I want to give you enough for you to truly digest it, truly understand it, take some time, and really implement these things into your life. So today I'm only going to discuss four ways that you can exhibit some feminine qualities that will really help shape your life. The first quality that I want to talk about is stepping into your stance. This is something that I look at when there are situations in your life as a woman where you are trying to be your feminine self. You're trying to just kind of be and let things move, but things are not moving. This can be with your children. It can be with your husband. It can even be at work. But at work, you know, you tend to really kind of push into your masculine side because it's necessary. This is more so in situations where you're really trying to exhibit your femininity. You want things to get done, but you don't want to be the one like pushing it through or doing it yourself. And in these circumstances, it's necessary to know that there are times as a feminine woman that you are going to have to do things. You're going to have to say what you want done and stand by it. So for example, If there's a situation in your home where something needs to get done, but it's not that big of a deal if it doesn't get done, maybe say you need to change the curtains and you can't seem to reach the curtains. So you tell your husband, can you please take down the curtains for me? I cannot reach them. And you want him to be in his masculinity and to help you out, right? But it's been two months and nothing has been done and you don't want to keep nagging about it. You have a decision, right? You can either do it yourself or you can keep waiting. Now, in these circumstances, it depends on what's important to you, how serious it is. There are some things that you should let your husband do, give him the opportunity to do something for you. And there are other things that, depending on how serious it is, you need to just go ahead and do yourself. As a woman, it's important that you are a capable woman, a woman who can do things. This is so important because you will not always 
have a situation where your husband or your son or your uncle or some other male is around to help you. There are things that you will have to do by yourself. As a mother, if you're a mother or if you're a caretaker of children, this is especially important. You know, men definitely want you to be capable because children need you. And so sometimes, you know, men, when they date you, they may appear like they want you to literally know how to do nothing, but that's not the case. They want you to be capable, but they want you to allow them to lead, which takes strength, right? (laughs) And it takes that gentle and quiet spirit that I've talked about. It takes strength to know that you can do something, but you're choosing not to do it. However, there comes a time where you do have to do it. So if there's a situation where your children are maybe at risk for something and your husband's not taking care of it, you're going to have to go ahead and do that. I remember with my son, you know, he just turned one. So he's starting to walk now. And there's a lot of sharp edges in our home. And I've asked my husband to like put some of these like little sticky things on the sharp edges so he doesn't get hurt. Now, my husband's an extremely busy man. And he's taken care of so many things, but kept seeming to forget that one thing. I've been asking and he keeps forgetting. So guess what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. I don't want to. I don't want to do any kind of manual labor, physical housework, extreme like thinking when it comes to putting things together. That's not my forte. But for the safety of my child, I'm going to do it because it means more to me that my child is safe than him being in his masculinity, right? So certain decisions you're going to have to make. And there isn't any sense of guilt that should be attached to that in terms of feeling like you're not being feminine enough and you're not allowing your man to lead. There are times that call for you to step in. I need my child to be safe. So I'm going to go ahead and do this, right? And so, and of course, you know, we can talk more about this later, but you don't want to get into an argument over these things. If he notices that you took care of it, he may notice and say, oh, I was going to do it. And it's like, oh, no worries. I took care of it. You know, I needed it to to be done. So I took care of it. No need to say, well, I would have waited for you, but you took how long to do it? And you don't ever get, you know, mm-mm. you don't have to do all of that. That's actually not good. <laughs> so it's you just taking care of it and just realizing that there are things that you need to be capable of doing. Now, taking your stance also comes into play when you have certain standards or certain things that you really want done in a certain way or you don't want done ever again. So this also comes into play in terms of like arguments or confrontations, I should say, maybe not arguments, but confrontations. If you get into a conversation with someone and they say something that you did not like or they're behaving in a way that you do not like, it could be your child, it could be your husband, where you are not happy with the thing that they did. Maybe they insulted you. Maybe they physically touched you in a way that was too rough. Like, I personally don't like play fighting. I don't think that there's any space for play fighting, especially as a woman, especially as a woman. Like, play fighting with your boyfriend, play fighting with your husband is not funny and definitely, definitely not feminine. But let's say your boyfriend doesn't know. And so he starts like pushing you around and pretending that he's just playing, right? And you absolutely do not want to accept this. 
This is when you stand in your stance and you say, I don't ever want you to hit me like that again. Do not ever touch me like that again. In a very serious tone and make it clear, if it happens again, I'm gone, like from the very first time it happens. And of course, if you're married, you probably won't say if it happens again, I'm gone. (laughs) But you can say like, if it happens again, I will not tolerate it and I will leave and come back when you've changed. It is important that there are certain things in your life that you take a stand on and you do not tolerate and you say it. You are able to confront things as they are that you do not like and say it sternly enough for the person to understand that you're not playing. Now, the reason why I say this is because a lot of people think that when you're a feminine woman, you are just allowing people to do whatever they want to do to you. You're a doormat. No, it's actually quite interesting because the women who really are truly feminine women have these things down so well, which is why the men love them so much. This is why men are more willing to do things for them, more willing to follow them into whatever it is that they want because they know that they cannot step all over this woman. However, her default is not like that. So on a day-to-day, she's not arguing. She's not combative. She's like almost always probably in a great, cheerful mood, smiling and a joy to be around. But when it comes to certain things, she absolutely does not tolerate them and doesn't allow him to get away with whatever it is that he wants, whether it's coming home super late, whether it's some sort of substance issue, whether it's embarrassing her in a certain situation. She's able to say firmly and sternly what she will not tolerate and then get back to business as usual. You know, don't harp on it. And this feminine trait is necessary for you to truly be a feminine woman. Okay, so I want you to take that in, (laughs) digest it, And, you know, start praying and asking God to help you to practice this in your life because it does take you being willing to stand up. Now, this leads me to my second point in this duality. As a feminine woman, this also is important that you are able to confront negative or uncomfortable feelings. As a feminine woman, you are in tune with how you feel. There are things that you're going to do, people are going to say, things that are going to come up that are uncomfortable, that feel wrong, feel negative. And you must listen to your feelings. Femininity is all about neck down. It's all about what's going on in the body and embracing that, right? So as you're embracing these uncomfortable feelings, the next step is for you to address them. And this is very challenging. If you are afraid of confrontation, if you have had trauma in your life and you've experienced things like abuse or domestic violence and you don't feel safe to share, And this is when I would urge you to seek therapy and to seek God so that you can be restored and renewed in these spaces and have a voice again, a voice where you can say you don't like something without feeling bad that you shared how you truly felt. 
This is important for yourself and it's also important for your children. Because if you are, say, a single parent or if your husband is not involved so much in your children's schooling or if you have a husband who's very passive and you feel like you have to do more of the maintenance in terms of like your child's schooling and your child's medical team, especially, God forbid, your child has any kind of illness or learning difficulties, right? You're going to have a lot of conversations with the medical teams and with teachers and coaches. And if something happens to your child, say they get bullied or a child says something that they shouldn't say, or the teacher's recommending something for your child or doctor that you do not agree with, learning how to say, we're not doing that. No, my child will not be participating in that. And again, this is not something that's supposed to be said in a rude or combative way. It really isn't. It's said with grace. It's said with love. It's said with the understanding that we're having an open dialogue and I'm expressing my thoughts, my feelings, and that's okay. You've said yours and now it's time for me to say mine and feeling confident that you can do that. And you should do that. If your doctor recommends something for your child, or let's say you really strongly feel your child needs something, being able to have a voice and speak up and insist, right? And this can be done through email or it can be done face-to-face or on the phone. So it doesn't always have to be your physical voice. You can have a voice over an email in a tone that is kind, but is also stern. That duality, that balance is so important. And it's one of the most beautiful feminine qualities that you can embrace. Being able to be taken seriously because you are a loving, gentle, sweet woman, but you also have a line that should not be crossed. And in addition to this, when you are having uncomfortable or negative feelings about something, learning and seeking help within that area. Some of us get to a point where maybe we're journaling, maybe we're spending time with God and we're realizing, okay, we have issues with these things because we've noticed that we have uncomfortable feelings about them. Well, what's the next step? What do you do next, right? Having people in your corner that you trust, that you can seek help with, asking God for guidance, because God will always send people your way. He will always help you. And just taking that initiative of researching things and figuring out what you need to do. It's not enough to just always sit back and do nothing and just sit in your feelings and feel every single thing and then just not move. There are steps to healing. There are steps to change. I mentioned in the past about having an uncomfortable feeling about a certain person, right? Maybe you feel like your nephew is being a little bit inappropriate with your son, but yeah, yeah, he wouldn't really do anything, right? Wrong. If you have an uncomfortable feeling, addressing it and figuring out the best way to do it. If it's someone like a babysitter, and you feel like, okay, well, this is all I have. This is all I can afford. Taking the time to spend time with God and build up that spiritual strength, that spiritual strength to say that my life is taken care of. Okay, God said in the Bible, do not worry about your life. Do not worry. 
but seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be taken care of. So if you're spending time with God and building up that strength, then yes, you can walk away from a lot of things that you think you need, you think are sustaining you when you're feeling uncomfortable about it. Whether it's a man, whether it's a job, whether it's anything, anything, it doesn't matter. Being loyal to your feelings, being loyal to your body, if your body doesn't like a certain person, even though you're on the date and this guy seems great, he's saying all the right things, but your body doesn't like him, being loyal to that and saying, no, thank you. Okay, these are things that really do change your life when you're able to become one with yourself, your mind, your emotions, your body, your spirit, all being on the same page because you're taking the time to listen to yourself and honor yourself. Another area in terms of the duality of femininity in a very doing doing (laughs) phase where you're actually doing something, you're not just sitting back and being passive, is discipline. Okay, feminine women are very disciplined. There are a lot of blogs and posts that talk about feminine women literally having a lifestyle of leisure where they wake up every day and do nothing and just exist and literally waste their life because that's what it is. If you're doing nothing, literally, then you are wasting your life. Why are you here? (laughs) Yes, we all should have leisure. And as a feminine woman, you do prioritize leisure. Okay, I'm not saying that you should just be a workhorse or you should be just surviving, right? Leisure is necessary for you. And if it's something that you don't place enough importance in, it should absolutely be up there because it's necessary. As a woman, you need time to relax, to think, to be pampered, to flourish, to spend time with God. Those things are necessary. However, there comes a point where sometimes that life of leisure becomes gluttony, meaning you're overdoing it. You're being lazy. You're also in a place where you know you are being hedonistic or you're just wanting to experience pleasure all the time, which is not reality. It would literally be such a disservice to yourself and to society to have a life lived where you added nothing to this world. Because every single one of you, every single one of you, I don't care where you were born, how much money you have, whether or not you have parents, if you've been on drugs, if you've been in jail, none of that matters. Every single one of you has a purpose in this world. You had a purpose before you were even born and you were born to execute the purpose. Even if you've been derailed, you have a purpose. You have a job. There's something that you were born to do. There's something that you need to finish. So it doesn't matter whether or not, you know, you can see that it's the truth. It's in the word of God. Okay, before you were formed, God knew you. He knew you. You were in existence 
before you were here. So with that in mind, knowing that you are supposed to be doing something, and it doesn't mean you need to be a construction worker, but you doing something can be you being a present and loving mother. Do you know how many people wish that they had a present and loving mother? That is a gift. So if you're able to be a homemaker, be a stay-at-home mom, be present. Okay, don't be on your phone all day while your kids are playing or just distracted with yourself and obsessed with yourself. Be there, be present and know that you are fulfilling your purpose by doing that. Okay, but there is a sense of discipline. There is a point where you have to say, I have watched how many episodes right now? Like, that's too much. I need to transition into something else. Or I've eaten out every single day this week. I need to make something homemade. Whatever it is, I have a video specifically about this where we talk about self-discipline. And I believe it's called Boundaries with Yourself. One of my most important videos because that video really dives deep into things that we as women need to focus on to become better. We need to have discipline. And this is something that will help you in all areas of your life. But for so many of us as feminine women, we feel like we can just exist and relax and not have to take care of anything. And that, for one, can lead you into so much trouble because if you always have everyone else taking care of everything, then you don't know how to actually do things for yourself. And should a time come where you need to, you will not know how. You won't have your passwords. You won't have the codes to things. You won't know where to even begin with something. And that's a disservice to yourself. So you do need to be involved in your life. (laughs) for one. But it also comes into play when it's like your fitness, right? I know that fitness can be one of those things where you just don't want to hear it. You don't want to address it. Me coming out of pregnancy, I'm always like so tired. I do not want to think about the fact that like I'm struggling to feel cute because I can't fit anything, right? At a certain point in time, I have to say I need to get back in the gym. I need to watch my eating. Maybe you wanna do something like intermittent fasting or take on a certain discipline to help you recenter, refocus. But things should not just start being wasted away, including your money, (laughs) that's for me. (laughs) Things should not be wasted away because of the lack of discipline. Feminine women are disciplined and that's why it's important for you as a feminine woman to exercise, to eat clean, to watch your spending, to monitor and manage your house and not just allow your house to look like a dump, right? You have to actually do things. (laughs) It's not just about watching your life as a movie. There is discipline that you need to impose on yourself. If you want to finish school, you have to apply to school. You have to actually show up to class and take the tests. It's not enough to just think that things will work out for you. There needs to be action and putting one foot in front of the other. And then you give God something to bless.
And the final area we'll talk about today in terms of the duality of femininity and realizing that there are things in life that require you to have some action, right? Some people I know think that they have to be this like pretty feminine princess 24-7. And then when you're in a situation where you have children, you're like, get over here! You know, you're like... Oh my gosh, I just got out of my feminine mode, (laughs) right? Because that's so not feminine. In reality, this is life. This is life. There are times where you're going to have to step out of your feminine mode because your child is about to burn their hand on something. Now, there are ways that you can be a mother and parent, even parent rowdy boys in a feminine way, for sure. There are ways that you can do that. But there are things that have to be done and you have to do them. It's part of life. And in life, we have stages and phases and seasons. So maybe when you're 20, being feminine will look different than when you're 35 with three boys. Okay, it's going to be different. Doesn't mean that you're not feminine. Now, I've heard a lot of women tell me that they actually got into arguments with certain people or they live with people who are narcissists or who are just mean or disrespectful and they get into confrontations with this person and that makes them feel totally unfeminine because they have stepped out of themselves. In reality, it's making you feel separate from yourself. Not even the fact that you're not being feminine. You're just not being yourself. You are not an angry, awful person that says mean things. And maybe you feel like this person brought something out of you that felt separate from you. And that's really what you're experiencing. So it's more about working on your self-control and your reactions and learning how to do things in a way where you are being true to yourself your core, your nature, your spirit, the God inside of you, more so than focusing on being feminine. <laughs> okay, I just want, I want you to start there because that's easier to grasp. And then once you are able to get that down, then you can kind of work on how you can have conversations or disagreements in a way that really keeps you in your femininity. Okay. But that's actually not what I wanted to talk about. That just kind of came to me because I think there's someone who probably needs to hear that. What I wanted to say in terms of the final way that you can maintain the duality of femininity and not fall into a place where you are a completely passive doormat is by wanting things, desiring things. I know a lot of you ladies struggle with receiving, but one of the things that leads like a precursor to learning how to receive is wanting things, having desires. Now you may think, oh man, like I shouldn't want stuff. Like that's just so self-absorbed. Let me tell you, you need to want things. And your human nature desires things. We all do. There's nothing wrong with wanting things. It's actually a good thing. And it's a very feminine trait to want things. And I'm not talking about material things. I mean, that's part of it. But I'm just talking about wanting things in general, wanting to have peace, wanting to be in a marriage, wanting children. You know, it's not everything money can buy. But having desires and wants is important. It's necessary. This 
conversation is specifically for you beautiful ladies who don't ever express your desires, who block out wanting things from your mind because you think that it's selfish, maybe because of how you were raised or maybe because you are always the one giving to other people. You don't take time to think about what you need and what you want. There are some ladies out there who this is not an issue for. As a matter of fact, you are probably a little bit too narcissistic or only always thinking about yourself and always wanting things. This conversation's not for you, babe. This is not for you. You probably need to scale it back a bit and have some humility. (laughs) I'm talking about the ladies who really struggle with this. And the reason why this is important is because for one, it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to, you know, work towards or achieve or for someone else to bless you with. And this can be a physical person. It can be God. It's always God because God uses people to give you things. <laughs> but it could be something that's very personal that you want to work with God with and When you have desires, it gives God something to work with. It gives you something to lean on in terms of your time with God and spending time in the Word of God, because the Word of God is full of promises. And when it comes to being a daughter of the King, a daughter of God, you are promised so many things. You're His princess. You're His daughter. You're His baby girl. But if you don't know your rights, if you don't know what you're promised, if you have no idea who your father is and how to access these things, then what's the point? So when you're in the word of God, you learn what he wants for you. And then you can ask for those things without feeling bad. They belong to you. It also helps if you're married or if you have a boyfriend and he gets to learn what he can do to make you happy. A lot of men are completely lost because they don't know how to make their women happy. And they want to, they desire to, but she doesn't ever say anything. She never says she wants anything. She never talks about what she's working towards. She waits for him to just think of things and then doesn't like them, right? He would much rather you actually be happy because the goal is for you to be happy. So for him, it's actually really safe and he can kind of guarantee you'll be happy because you've talked about this. Now, I'm not saying you should go around like begging him for things and saying, oh, babe, can you please buy me this Chanel bag? Oh, be so happy if you did that for me. No, it's not what I'm saying. It's just mentioning it, really. You can be in the store and say, this bag is so beautiful. I've always wanted to have a bag from a designer store. And that's it. That's it. (laughs) If you actually want something specific, you can send them a picture one day and say, I really love this necklace that I saw and I'm hoping that one day I'll be able to have it. Then when he's able to, if in fact he gets a chance to be able to work up to that, he can get it for you. Sometimes, you know, spouses get into arguments about things and the husband thinks, okay, I really screwed up. I made her really upset. What can I do to put a smile on her face? And they'll think, oh, let me just go get her like a donut or something. And she's like, I don't want that donut. But if he remembers, oh, last week she said that she wanted to get her nails done. I'm just going to send her some money and say, babe, enjoy getting your nails done. Right? 
stuff like that. It gives them an opportunity to be able to know what to bless and how to how to how to give to you. It's important for you to have desires. I know recently <laughs> talking about fitness, something that I have truly been struggling with because I've just gotten so comfortable not working out, but you know, it's changed. <laughs> I told my husband that there's a specific gym that I've always wanted to go to. It's very expensive, but it's like what I think will get me to go because I know it's like super bougie and I will feel like relaxed there. I'll just feel super good, right? It's totally unnecessary, but it's just a desire. And lo and behold, for Mother's Day, he got me a membership to that gym and he's going to take care of the payments. And it's such a blessing to me. I did not mention it to him in any way, expecting for him to take on the payments whatsoever. Truly, I was just talking about what I desired. And he went ahead and was so loving and kind to do that. But, you know, it doesn't always come from your husband. And some of us as wives, as feminine women, we think all of our blessings or all the things that we want are going to come from our spouse. And that's not true. First of all, it always comes from God. It always comes from God. But in addition to that, your husband is the one who, you know, blesses you in his way. And God also uses people to bless you in his way. And we sometimes get so discouraged because we think that things aren't going to happen. Like our human nature always tries to figure things out, right? We always try to figure out how we can do and get everything that we want. That's part of how we are as people. And a lot of times we take on so much without allowing God to just be God and to take care of things for us. I was reading the Bible today and I came across one of the most beautiful scriptures that really made this come to life for me. And this is what it says. Unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stays alert in vain. In vain, you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes, he gives sleep to the one he loves. And that's out of Psalm 127, 1 and 2. The reason that scripture really hit home for me was because it tells me that I can stay up all night trying to like grind and work hard and get the things I want. But it means nothing because unless God's hand is in it, it can all be for nothing. I could be putting my work into the wrong business or spending all this time and have to redo it. Like unless God is the one who takes care of things for you, it, it's meaningless. You don't even have to do it. God can actually do it for you. He gives sleep to those whom he loves. If God loves you, he will allow you to rest and he will take care of it. He will give you what you need if you depend on him. You don't even have to be the one doing all that work because you could be doing all of that for nothing. So again, we always use our minds and God says that the carnal mind is enmity against God, which means that how we think our flesh can never understand God, doesn't agree with God, doesn't get God in that way. It's literally hostile towards God. 
And so we're always fighting our mind, thinking about, nah, that can't really happen. That's impossible. That's not going to work out. Versus our spirit man, who we actually are as a person, that's what God uses in order to bring this unfaithfulness, (laughs) this lack of trust into faith. So spending time with God is really what's going to take you to the next level in terms of getting your desires and him changing your desires and him showing you that you can have things that you want. And just one more scripture that I leaned on in my life, and I believe that God has been so incredibly faithful to me. He's given me all the desires of my heart. And I leaned on one of his scriptures that talks about that in the book of Psalms that says to trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart when you trust in him. It's so important to trust in God and he is faithful. He is faithful. And I enjoy looking at other people in the Bible as examples of women who God clearly wanted us to see as an example, who were feminine women who express their desires. And he shows us how important it is that you actually express them. And I'll give you a couple examples. Um, Hannah, she was a woman in the Bible who could not have children. She tried to have children and just wasn't working out. And one day she was in the temple, she was crying and the priest, you know, she was mumbling and the priest thought she was drunk. And she's like, I'm not drunk, (laughs) but I am stressed. Right. And he's like, okay, what do you want, woman? And she told him that she would like to have a child. And because of that conversation and the priest blessing her and declaring to her, okay, by next year, this time, you're going to have a baby. That came out of her expressing her desire, her being willing to share something that she wanted with a person who could actually do something about it. Another example in the book of Ruth in the Bible. She needed a husband. She needed a man, girl. She needed a man. And her mother-in-law showed her what to do to get a very wealthy man's attention. So she did everything she was supposed to do. And he was so like taken aback and pleased that he was like, can I do something for you? Now imagine if he asked her that and she had nothing to say. She actually could not think of something she wanted. If someone asked you today what they could do for you, what would you say? Would you have anything you desired? If God asked you today, what would you like? Would you have anything to say? Is there something you actually desire? Would you be willing to share it? She shared it with him and she told him what she desired and he did everything he could and made that desire come true because she she asked. And I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on about this, (laughs) but Queen Esther in the book of Esther in the Bible, okay, she also had the same sort of story in the sense that she kind of strategically made some things happen and the king asked her what she wanted. And she answered with something that was actually so important that she really needed, but she was not afraid to get the attention and to share her desires. And as a feminine woman, 
it is so important that you do have that balance, that duality of being able to sit back and, you know, just let things be and rest in your femininity, but then also take a stand, stand up for what you want and what you absolutely will not tolerate. Express your desires, learn what enough is enough, have some discipline, be capable, know how to do things. All of these things, is what comprises a truly feminine woman. And I am more than sure that you will be that woman. I know that over time, as you practice these things, as you really get comfortable embracing all sides of yourself, you will blossom and bloom into the feminine woman that God created you to be. And all of the things that you struggled with will be in the past. You won't even recognize yourself, but you'll truly be so fulfilled and so overjoyed to have a life of peace, of rest, and of femininity. So thank you so much for listening. Follow me on my Instagram page at the Dr. Daff Show and my personal page at Dr. Michelle Daff. I love you all so much. Big kisses. Bye-bye.